Hello, everyone. First of all, I'd love to thank you for tuning in to the Integrative Thoughts podcast. I am your host, Matt Kaufman. And through this platform, I plan on seeking out guests that interest me, that I am curious about, and overall just living a more meaningful, purposeful life in hopes that you as listeners and I myself can grasp onto a little bit of their knowledge and integrate that into our daily lives. Are you having trouble losing weight? Do you get extreme food cravings, especially at night? What about the inability to lose weight even when you cut calories and do a lot of exercise? I know I fell into this category for pretty much most of my life. It's actually probably not even your fault. You most likely have what's called leptin resistance. Leptin is actually a hormone made by the fat cells that regulates food intake and energy expenditure by communicating with the brain. The more fat you have, the more negative leptin messages are actually being sent to your brain. This creates what's called leptin resistance and is going to sabotage all dieting efforts and causes food cravings even when you have enough fat stored. Introducing Zenith, this is an all-new, completely natural formula that gently decreases leptin levels to restore accurate communication between fat cells in the brain. Zenith contains zero harmful stimulants, it's made of all-natural polysaccharides and acetylated fatty acids, very safe for long-term weight loss plans, and it is made in the USA. In an eight-week, university-conducted, double-blind, placebo-controlled study, participants lost 21.3 pounds of fat, lost almost four inches off their waistline, and reduced serum leptin levels by 43%. So if you or someone you know, someone you really love is struggling with weight loss, head down to the show notes. I'll have a link there and a few videos where you can learn more information about Zenith. So listen, I've been experimenting with different types of minerals, especially magnesium, for the past five to six years. But I could never really find a product that I could feel the benefits that magnesium claimed to give. Magnesium is one of the most important minerals for all of human health. It participates in over 600 different biochemical reactions in the body, yet over 80% of the population is deficient. Magnesium deficiency can increase risk for all disease and greatly decrease optimal performance. That's why I like Bioptimizers. They use all seven forms of magnesium in a highly bioavailable form in their product Magnesium Breakthrough. Magnesium helps with stress, anxiety, sleep, immune function, detoxification, and so much more. If you want to try out this product, head over to Bioptimizers and use code INTEGRATIVETHOUGHTS10 to receive a 10% discount on their amazing product, Mag Breakthrough. All right, today's guest is one of my absolute dream guests. His name is Dr. John Laurence. He's a naturopath and chiropractic neurologist over at Advanced Rejuvenation down in Sarasota. He's also the author of Melatonin, The Miracle Molecule, and he's also the mad scientist behind the supplement company MitoZen. So I got the chance to meet up with Dr. John a few times recently, which was really awesome. I went down to an event that he hosted at his clinic. It was a brain force summit. My buddy Ben Azadi was speaking, so kind of had a little gathering down there. It was absolutely fantastic. His uh, clinic is absolutely amazing. He's doing some really, really advanced cutting edge stuff over there. And then I also got to reconnect with him a little bit at uh, the biohacking conference. So we kind of connected a little bit. I got the podcast scheduled, definitely a dream guest. We talk a little bit about his combo experience. I kind of asked him that because I used combo for Lyme. He had Lyme. He's seen a lot of Lyme patients. So I think that's going to be an interesting topic that he's never really discussed before on a podcast because no one's ever really asked him about doing combo. So that was pretty cool. We talk about suppository administration versus IVs and how the different administration techniques and the absorption rates between the two. So we get into suppositories a little bit. I love his suppositories. I love his NAD and his high dose melatonin. Those are my two favorite. And then we also talk about high-dose melatonin, his book, obviously, and all of the beneficial uses of melatonin for inflammation and detoxification. So if you've ever used melatonin, but you've never used it in a super physiological dose, this show may interest you. And then we even talk about some random stuff about his Zen spray. He's told us how he's been doing breath work with CO2, which kind of creates a near-death, almost experience fear response. But in the back end of that, 
you get this kind of emotional response that's actually positive. So Dr. John just a wealth of knowledge. I really think you're going to enjoy this show all about suppositories, melatonin, NAD, Zen spray, all the things. Absolutely amazing. Enjoy. Dr. John, welcome to the show. How's it going? Yeah, Matt, thanks for having me. Going great. <clears throat> awesome. Glad you're here. Uh, we got to connect a little bit down. I came down to the Brain Force Summit at your clinic, your beautiful clinic, and um, I wanted to see the clinic for one because I listened to all the podcasts you've been on for over the years. And uh, obviously, I'm I'm cool with Ben Azadi, great mutual friend that we have. And so I told him I'd meet him down there and come check out the clinic. And then I uh, seen you a little bit at the biohacking conference too, at some of the networking stuff. But yeah, you've been one of my um, big time guests that I wanted to kind of had on my vision board of who I wanted to have on my show. Coming circling back around to season two, you were kind of top of that list. I really admire everything you're doing. Wow, that that means a lot to me, Matt. I appreciate that. I'm glad that I can be part yeah. of making that dream come true. All right. Well, I know you have. We have similar kind of. Um, backgrounds a little bit and as of uh, kind of being a sensitive child and I had a lot of immune issues and things growing up as well and they couldn't figure out and I was allergic to a lot of things. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background story about being sick as a child and how that developed into like Lyme and all the things you experienced as an adult. Yeah, well, that's exactly kind of how how it was for me. I was I was always, you know, not really in the most robust health and Looking back, um, in the beginning, I was my mom was in utero, and I, I lived my first two years of life in Camp Lejeune, which is considered like the worst water contamination catastrophe in U.S. history. A lot of people, see, you know, seeing all the different advertisements these days on um, on television for attorneys looking for people that have, are wanting to file claims from that. So my father has cancer. My mom has um, lots of you know crippling arthritis. And my sister has her own health issues as well. Um, so for me, um, it started that with severe asthma. And I, I had a lot of allergies and, and immune system dysregulation, really. Um, I mean, I remember my father would be always so upset at me because I would be like kind of when I would start to eat, my nose would start to run a little bit and you'd have to kind of be sniffing that in. And... You know, he just, he didn't like that. It was, obviously it was, it's not appropriate, you know, but I, you know, what am I supposed to do? You know, it's like, <laughs> I was like, you know, snot coming out of my nose, I'm eating and it's like, you know, you got to do something. So looking back at a lot of those things, I'm realizing that, you know, my cup had just runneth over. I was, I was toxic and my life force, um, and also how important the, what I call taking care of your doorways is right. And so I'm looking back at that and realizing how challenged my nasal passage must've been and, um, how you can care for that and how that has such a huge impact on health, such as also taking care of your mouth and your colon, you know, the primary doorways that these microbes that produce endotoxins and this endotoxin being the primary activator of, of, um, a lot of diseases in the body because of how it weakens the uh, cellular energy mechanisms. Yeah, we both kind of had that similar. Uh, looking back, I realized how toxic I was probably as a youth, just breaking out in rashes and different fungal infections. And then as I got older, yeah, I partied quite a bit, but a lot of people party and they don't really come down with, I was living in a moldy house and then I had Lyme and I went out and did a treatment with Dr. Minkoff. And now I've been working through some of the uh, heavy metals and mercury exposure. So kind of really getting down to the root cause of everything. So why don't you tell us about your uh, Lyme disease and what you think about Lyme disease? Well, I think it's possible that there's massive infection of Lyme and almost it might be to the point where the majority of our population has it. Now, this is just a po postulation. Um, I'm still looking for um, research <laughs> in this area to maybe prove me wrong. But when you look at the testing, a lot of the different um, testing mechanisms with Lyme are, are based on whether you've got a little bit of findings kind of got some findings you have like a medium so it's like looking at these different strains 
um, that come up with the um, with the PCR tests and some of the other tests. And so there's like a cutoff limit where they say, okay, you're infected or you're not infected. But then what's interesting is that there's still some indication that there's some sort of an infection going on. It just hasn't gotten to the level that they're going to say, hey, the CDC is going to say, yeah, you've got Lyme. So is there um, a certain amount of Lyme that's normal in the North American human, uh, maybe even in the worldwide human? And is it possible that there's other factors that are lowering the resistance that then allow this Lyme disease that have become extremely opportunistic and allow it to get to the point where it shuts down those T cells, right? So that it shuts down the things like the CD57 mechanism. And that's one of the tests I really like to look at on lab work because it's a real reflection on how robust your immune system is. So you can imagine if Lyme can target one of your primary um, defense mechanisms against infection and it lowers that and then all of a sudden you've got what's called co-infections, which is um, all of these other infections that, you know, like Babesia and Bartonella and Candida and Epstein-Barr and cytomegalovirus and Rickettsia and, you know, it just goes on and on and on and different types of um, parasites in the gut, right? And, and in the nasal passage. And so when our immune system is not strong, we get overwhelmed and then we get <coughs> exposure, you know, I think is one of the real common ways that people get really hit where their immune system really drops down. Then the Lyme becomes activated um, or it, it's allowed to become activated as a weakening immune system uh, provides, it, provides it that opportunity. And then you have opportunistic infections that are already there. You know, a lot of things like Candida and um, H. pylori. I mean, you can go on there. There's like small amounts of these things are normal of our flora. But when our defense mechanisms lowered, these things start to like really um, have their way and you become a soup of infection. And I believe that this is like the disease of our current time. And I say that with somewhat authority because I would say um, six to seven times, six to seven out of 10, the 10 patients that come to me have some of this going on. And, you know, basically like we're talking about, about 70% of the difficult cases that come to see me, I can run labs and I can show that this is actually happening with that person. And I know Minkoff is doing the same work. Um, I see a lot of the same patients from, um, David's a great guy, Dr. Minkoff. He's, um, he's really a pioneer in this field. And we studied some, some, some of the similar, um, people, um, I've seen him at some of the conferences and, uh, um, you know, I mean, some of the same material, I know Dr. Dan Pompa has even delved into a lot of this material and looking at, um, you know, the, um, deep toxicity into the cell membranes and combining that with understanding biotoxin illness, right? And so Shoemaker has done a great job at educating the um, public on, um, on, you know, mold and basically and, and, and educating practitioners on how to treat biotoxin illness and how to mitigate mold. But what's, what he's done is he's opened up the doorway for a, a deeper understanding, I think, of um, how proper health, a proper healthcare system should be looking because most of what he's, he's discovered along with um, some of the, um, some of the findings from some other doctors with, with regards to like um, lipids and um, toxins uh, settling in the cell membranes. This, this is really uh, underscored and undercovered, like I think what's at the root of most diseases because what's really happening is you have an inflammatory response that's shutting down life force, it's shutting down your mitochondria. And then you don't have an immune system response. Then you don't have a detox system response. You don't have an autonomic response because your brain shut down. And what you're left with is you're left with a weakened system with all kinds of opportunistic microbes that are having their way with you and no defense system.
Yeah, and I totally agree with everything you're saying. Dr. Pompa's been uh, a catalyst in my understanding of all the toxins and everything as well. I was introduced to him by Ben Azadi, and I kind of think he's, you know, pretty spot on. I had the cavitations. I had the mercury poisoning. All of that really was shutting down the immune system and allowing the chronic infections and co-infections and things to run rampant. One question I wanted to ask you before we dive into high-dose melatonin, being a practitioner who's also well-versed in the plant medicine world, so I am an advanced combo practitioner, and I've done some trainings around Lyme and uh, chronic conditions. Have you looked into combo for Lyme at all? Because some practitioners that I work with um, have been seeing really good results as far as killing off Lyme and co-infections with combo. Yeah, great point. Matt, I, you know, I, I had come under the, um, um, knowledge of, um, Cambo or Combo, um, maybe 12 years ago or something. It was a long time ago and heard about it online. And so just intuitively, I was like, you know, that sounds like something that would help. It just made sense. So I ordered some and this was right before going on vacation. Um, cause I grew up in Hawaii, right? I go couple times a year to go visit my family and so I get my combo and I'm thinking you know okay I'm gonna go I'm gonna be on vacation I can like do it when I'm you know kind of there and um, and I'm like looking online on like okay how do you administer it and blah 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 <laughs> and so I kind of I figured it out right and then I did it and I felt so ill and I looked in the mirror at one point and I was I was at this this um, rental on the beach in Hawaii right and I'm like in this beautiful location and I'm just like you know and I'm looking at my my face looked like a pumpkin it was incredible um, yeah I can't say that I really noticed much back then though Matt but I didn't really know what I was doing fast forward about I want to say um, six years after that five or six years I met somebody that had gone to the Amazon trained in the Amazon and beat Lyme with and so she came to me because she wanted the balloons because she was saying I still have some neurological stuff and I found you online and I, this endonasal balloon I think will really fix my brain so we traded right and I was actually really suffering at the time um, when she came in um, with Lyme a lot of pain in my body and she administered the combo and, I, and she had me purge and my pain was completely gone for like two days. It didn't stay gone. I think you, I, so I, I, I serve a little bit of combo. I haven't done much of it lately. Um, and I think that there's a lot of benefit if it could be brought into a plan. Um, I think it would be fairly difficult to like completely eradicate it with just the combo, but I'd love to hear how other people are using it that way. And maybe there's a, a protocol or a strategy that makes sense. Yeah. So what I look at it as is, you know, maybe there's some miracle cases where just the combo takes out the lime. You know, I had mercury and a lot of other things, but what I see it as and how I tell people to use it is as in kind of like an adjunct, like working with someone like you or another practitioner that's familiar with, you know, being Lyme literate and as an adjunct therapy, but then also <clears throat> what me and a few practitioners have been doing is kind of turning this thing into almost like a biohacking experience as well. So I have people on a PMF mat on the Schumann resonance, which I think will kind of ground them during the experience and help to release more toxins. And then obviously with some of these Lyme patients, you have to be a little cautious because like you said, you felt kind of awful because you're moving around a lot. So what we do is we go slow and slow with them and it can take multiple you know, obviously treatments, but then we're giving them these special zeolite powders. I can do ozone afterwards, maybe NAC, glutathione suppositories. So it's really something that, especially with all of the things that you have at your clinic, um, would be really cool. I don't know if you have a practitioner by you or I could come down there if you ever thought about this, but we could really mm -hmm. have like some of the suppositories that you use or the IVs like Myers cocktail would do well, <clears throat> glutathione, probably ozone. And that'll help to kind of sweep up the toxins because they're going to move around a lot of these parasites. You know, it's antibacterial, antifungal, <clears throat> all the things like that. So I think your clinic would be perfect because one, it's legal. You make, maybe make them just sign a waiver. You have all the biohacking stuff there. So it could be like an entire protocol. But just me at my house, I do a little bit of ozone, the PMF mat, 
NAC or glutathione suppositories and that uh, special zeolite powder that I use. And I usually give them a couple days worth of that zeolite as well in case they're still moving stuff around for the next few days. And we've seen some great results with that. That's excellent. Yeah, that's a great idea. I, you know, speaking of Dan Pompa, I, I actually served Dan Pompa Cambo for the first, <laughs> I think the only time. And uh, he was visiting with his family and um, it's, yeah, it's really, I agree. You know, I think, I think Cambo has a great place. I like to do it personally um, myself, like a, a much smaller dose, you mm-hmm. know, when I do it. And usually it's like kind of towards the end of the day. I've noticed like when, whenever that medi- that medicine's administered, you're very fatigued, you know, so, you know, don't have much planned. There's been some times where I, I didn't feel fatigued, but most of the time you just kind of want to lay around and watch TV or something like that, you know, or meditate. Yeah, I've seen the zeolite powder work really well for that because <clears throat> I think that if you it's this special high dose zeolite powder that my buddy Jeff Hoyt makes. And that kind of grabs up a lot of the stuff that you've moved around so that your system doesn't have to deal with it as much, I think. And then you give a little bit of that liver support, whether it's NAC or a glutathione suppository. And yeah, you may still be a little fatigued, but I think it it definitely clears up a lot of the headaches and the exhaustion feeling. So you got to kind of stack some of these hacks with it. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you like taking people, um, you know, where they they drink a ton of water and you take them to the purging, like that's kind of like a, a really necessary step. Yeah. I mean, the purge to me is kind of secondary to getting the peptide therapy. The peptide therapy within the combo is the most important aspect, but then the purge will help so that your body doesn't have to process the rest of those toxins. You know, they're already going to process some, you're not going to get everything out in the purge. But if you don't purge at all, you'll be fine, but you're definitely probably going to be more kind of fatigued and exhausted throughout the day as the livers and the kidneys kind of working through all of that. Yeah. And that, there you go, the zeolite, you, you give them Mm -hmm. a good dose of zeolite and you kind of got everything covered there. Yeah. Cool. Just something to think about. I think your clinic would be perfect for that. If you want to keep in contact, I could kind of run you down on some of that. If you want to talk after the show or whatever. Um, I wanted well, to get into even like an event, we could do like a, ca- a combo event. Yeah, I think we could do regular groups there with the patients that you have and you already have like the patient list and you already have all the biohacks. We could probably definitely set something up. It'd be cool. And I'm only about an hour away. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Cool. All right. Well, let's dive into high dose melatonin and how you stumbled upon that because your book's fascinating. I've read it a couple times now and it, I, I've been using it recently, uh, do it during my heavy metal detox and it's really helped. So let's dive into high dose melatonin. Yeah. Um, I got turned on to it by Frank Schallenberger and um, he's, you know, kind of looked at as the father of, you know, functional medicine and uh, brought ozone to the country from, uh, from Germany. And I visited his office and did an internship, and he was prescribing hundreds of milligrams to people. And then, actually, I had him take a look at me. And I, at the time, I was having um, you know, some neurological stuff still kind of remnant from my struggles with Lyme. And he suggested I start taking you know, a couple hundred milligrams of melatonin. And um, so I, uh, I did. And I'll tell you, the first couple nights... Or the first couple of mornings, I was, I was freight trained. I mean, I was like, wow, I'm really tired. It didn't last more than like 20, 30 minutes. But um, I could tell something was happening. And then, you know, I got used to it pretty quick. And to this day, I still take um, a fairly high dose of melatonin and um, find that it really helps me um, in, in many, many ways with stress resilience. But there's no negative feedback loop with melatonin. So... If anybody tells you, hey, you know, you're going to shut down your own production of melatonin, then they're, they're, they don't understand the mechanism. And so it's light exposure to the eyes that activates the production of melatonin in the pineal. And then total darkness activates the, the, you know, the activation, the release of it in that pineal melatonin. But, pine, but melatonin's uh, present throughout your entire body in every cell. And it's there to protect us when things get a little overheated and that's why melatonin has been studied for virtually every disease for every organ system and what they found is they found that melatonin 
um, is not only effective, but there was very little, if not any, um, harm brought by the melatonin. You know, like a bit my magic bullet, which kind of is more of the term coined for methylene blue because it has these far-reaching benefits to the body but leaves the body unharmed. Well, I would argue that melatonin is also the magic bullet. And if you combine those two together, um, you get one big magic bullet. Hello, everyone. First of all, I'd love to thank you for tuning in to the Integrative Thoughts podcast. I am your host, Matt Kaufman. And through this platform, I plan on seeking out guests that interest me, that I am curious about, and overall just living a more meaningful, purposeful life in hopes that you as listeners and I myself can grasp onto a little bit of their knowledge and integrate that into our daily lives. Yeah, no, I, I love both of those and your products are super great for that. Um, I'm going to talk about Meltem a little bit more, but I want to ask why suppository delivery? I mean, I love them. I have no problem with them. I do coffee enemas and ozone bags at home, so I have no issue. But for anyone who's kind of on the fence about suppository uh, administration, tell them why suppository is a really good effective route for uh, utilizing supplements. Well, you know, at first when I was first told about suppositories I, I I was a little bit reluctant just because of you know you know I don't really want to be putting anything up my butt you know but um, but <laughs> here's the but the but is that I was really sick and the first uh, suppository I did was um, glutathione and I woke up and I felt much much better and so um, what I found was that there's very little breakdown of the nutrients and they can they can get into the bloodstream much more um, robustly versus oral and that there's a peak plasma meaning there's like this long um, um, you know frame of time that the cells have access to the nutrient it's like a slow release so that peak plasma lasts for even up to five to seven hours and so there's more absorption and um, and it's, it's, you know, it's really not a big deal. It takes two seconds. You don't even know it's there. Wash your hands. You know, it's, it's really like a, a nothing type of burger. <laughs> um, and the benefit, right? So that once you kind of get a taste of the benefit, you're like, oh, okay. And then you get used to it as if it's just like, you know, something that you've done a few times. So for anybody that might be looking at really... And the word biohacking, I'm, I'm kind of getting away from it. I like the term biomagnification. And so if you want to biomagnify, um, you know, things yourself, then you need to look at supplementing for sure. And you need to be able to um, augment all of the stresses that were thrown out in today's world. And all of these stresses are causing a lot of challenges to your inflammatory system, which then downregulates your energy systems, which then interferes with your detox systems, your neurological systems, your gut, your autonomics, your breathing, your heartbeat, and your ability to pull nutrients, I mean, just gut function in general. And so there's a big trickle down that happens. So ultimately, uh, for us to be healthy and to live long, and to have that that long lifespan, but also the health span, be healthy, um, you have to look at some of these nutri nutraceuticals, and you have to look at how can I get them into the body. And I don't want to sit at a doctor's office running an IV for my whole life. Like NAD's been shown to be epic for extending life, and um, and so you can go to an, an, a doctor and run an NAD IV. We do them here, here in our Sarasota clinic, um, but um, they're expensive. So I'll rather have somebody do like the Luma Blue, um, Methylene Blue intravenous laser protocol or the Rejuvenox with ozone and vitamin C and, and then just dose the, the NAD with a suppository. And I can do that three, four or five times a week. Patients do it after their first morning bowel movement. It's super, super simple. I believe 
one IV is, is as comparable to someone getting um, one suppository because the dosage is there and it's spread out over a longer period of time or at least as long as, you know, what you want to sit for five hours. That's, I mean, that's, they, these NAD IVs have to be run slow. So, yeah, that's, that's my, my spiel on suppositories. Yeah, I'm glad you touched on that. Every time I'm speaking with anybody about NAD precursors and IVs, I'm always bringing up your products because I've gotten such great results with that NAD suppository over the years. But I'm so glad you touched on that. I want to get back into melatonin, especially with neurological function. So I've had Ian Mitchell on the show and he loves his NeuralRx C60 amazing product and he likes that to help clear out like the beta amyloid plaques, the tau proteins, all these things that kind of build up from a glymphatic system that's kind of gone awry. But you also claim that high-dose melatonin does some of the same things. So why don't we get into why some of these buildups occur and how melatonin helps clear them out? Yeah, Matt, it's a great question. So Mm -hmm. these proteins are a response to a toxin, and it's either going to be an infection so it's actually going to be an organism like potentially like Epstein-Barr or Lyme or any other type of bacteria or virus or even, you know, different types of funguses, um, although those are rare. Um, and Or it's going to be a toxin like a heavy metal, some sort of man-made chemical, or it could be the toxin from one of these bugs, right? It could be an, what's called an endotoxin. <clears throat> So when my, microbes are living in our body, they're outgassing these endotoxins, right? So that's like they're excrement. And this is incredibly inflammatory in the body. And that's why having these pockets of infection in our body, like with our doorways, the nasal, the mouth, and the colon, yet there's also pockets that can happen with like the prostate. It's a big deal, right? And then there can be cavitations with little pockets in the jaw. Um, root canals, right? But all of these share one common thing, which is they're outgassing endotoxins. Now, those endotoxins then circulate around the body and can get through the blood-brain barrier into the brain. And once, once into the brain, whether it's a toxin or a microbe, it's activating this glial cell, which is it's an immune cell. And I always look at glial cells kind of like a um, chihuahua with a pazooka, Right. You know, once they get pissed off, they don't stop barking, you know, like your neighbor, at least my neighbor, this dog, I, I, I close my fence, make a little noise and I've got a half an hour of barking, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm about to call, um, you know, animal control here, but anyway, so <laughs> yeah, I got no, I got nothing on that one. Right. That's, there's no emotions to my neighbor's dog, but, um, the, the, the glial cells are like that neighbor's dog, right? It just, it, it, once it's activated, it keeps going and the glial cell starts to blow and, 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 um, and, and, and shoot, basically destroy cells and tissues. And this is what happens with a, a TBI or traumatic brain injury that you have this, um, you have this um, activation of the glial system, but then the glial system doesn't downregulate. And because the glial cell system doesn't downregulate, you have um, um, this ongoing damage to the nervous system that could last for weeks, if not months. And, and that's why they say, like, you have a traumatic brain injury, you know, those, those damages can, can um, continue for a while. And then on top of it, if there's a disruption in the blood-brain barrier, there's even more things that are flooding into the brain, even further activating that glial, which often happens with a, a traumatic brain injury. But... The toxins are the primary insidious way that a lot of us are getting this constant activation to the glial. And so what we want to do is we have mechanisms in place to stop these things from getting exposure to the glial, right? Because we don't want the glial to get pissed off. It's kind of like me getting home and I'm going to be really quiet. I'm going to like close my gate. I don't want that dog to hear me, right? And so if I were to compare this to the brain, I would go in and maybe put um, tau protein all around my gate so that when I close the gate, that tau protein's there so it doesn't activate, it doesn't make noise, right? And so the tau, the beta amyloid, the alpha synuclein, 
Um, these different, the neurofibrillary tangles usually kind of start first. It's like these different tangles. And so all this stuff starts to junk up because it's trying to basically encapsulate these things to prevent that continuous glial activation. And so then we have a system in place in our brain called the glymphatic system that we primarily activate during deep sleep. And what this does is it actually starts to move and flush toxins out of the brain. And we're, when we look at a lot of uh, degenerative neurologic disorders and people that are suffering, oftentimes it's because they're not getting good sleep. They're not clearing these because the toxins and the, the proteins are doing their job, right? And so is it a matter of <clears throat> any of these um, proteins being formed or is it a matter that not enough of them are being cleared or maybe it's a little bit of both? So one bit of um, fascinating research that I was able to uh, uncover recently is this idea of... Um, the blue spot, right? So it's the uh, locus cerulis, which is in the pons, in the brainstem. And it's command central for stress in the brain. It is the number one thing regulating nor norepinephrine in the brain, which is like noradrenaline, right? And so what happens is that um, when that area goes south, if you look at Parkinson's, I'm sorry, if you look at Alzheimer's, and you look at that area of the brain and what it controls and what it does, that list of symptoms is exact with Parkinson's. I mean, sorry, Alzheimer's. I mean, memory, um, memory consolidation, um, difficulty with focus and concentration, dopamine issues, movement disorders, all of these things correlate. In fact, what the studies are saying is that Something is connected with the nasal in the mouth. We talked about these doorways, right? And we have endotoxins. We're not taking care of our gums. You know, we might have cavitations in our jaw, root canals. We may have, you know, poor overmicrobial growth in the nasal passage. And that, those endotoxins get into something called the trigeminal nerve. And that trigeminal nerve innervates the whole face. And so that goes all the way in and it goes right around that locus cerulis. And if you follow, these endotoxins kind of go flow through this nerve and they accumulate and they have a connection with the, with the locus cerulis. And they found that these protein tangles start there even before stage one Alzheimer's and moves up. So is it possible that the majority of these um, cases with Alzheimer's are rooted in poor nasal and oral hygiene. And I would offer that that's very probable. I mean, that's what some research is suggesting. I could say for certain, everybody that's interested in preserving their brain should be installing some sort of ongoing hygiene for the nasal passage in the mouth, such as the glutostat nasal spray, um, the Boca Zen. I mean, these are just products that we make at MitoZen. I, disclosure, I'm the scientific advisor of MitoZen. So obviously I'm going to be a little bit biased on some of the, the strategies that I use. But basically this is an essential oil blend that you put in the mouth. And then um, glutostat is like um, colloidal silver and NAC and um, essential oils. Something that I've had a lot of success. But these are all things people can make it home, you know, it, the point is, is that you, you want to do something. Yeah, you gave us a, actually a little goodie bag down at the Brain Force Summit and it had the Bocas in and the Glutostat in there. And they're awesome. And I've even over the years uh, used different like xylitol blends with, I think, grapefruit seed extract. I think it's like x -Lear. It's kind of like a cheaper one, but definitely works. And I'm big into the um, <clears throat> nasal passages myself. I've found really great results with just clearing some of that out, whether it be like neti pot, a spray, or um, why can't I think of the name of the device that I have, what they're called, um, a nebulizer, you know, anything like that, that kind of clears out the sinuses, you'll feel really great afterwards, even like your brain function. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cool. And the Zen, you tried the Zen? 
Oh, I quit using the Zen a few months ago because I was using it like every day for like a year. So I was like, let me take a few months off a break. But that stuff is so powerful. You know, being a combo practitioner, I'm, you know, I'm well versed in lots of different hot bays, right? Obviously, we use that during ceremony. And uh, I find that to be really calming for a combo ceremony, especially a really grounding hape. But the Zen spray is awesome because I can't actually use hape with regularity because I'll start to get some inflammation in the sinuses and I'll start to have some trouble breathing. But with the Zen spray, I can do a couple sprays every day and have no issues. So I love the Zen spray. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that can... Um have a bit of an addictive uh, reaction to, you know, it does contain nicotine and, um, you know, it's, it's, if, if anybody that's using that, you know, any of the members at mitozen.club, um, definitely we recommend, you know, if, if you're using, starting to overuse it, you take, you know, a holiday and take a break and limit it to, you know, one to three times a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, it's amazing product. If, you, if you've ever used Hape, it's great for meditation. Just the, the oxytocin addition to the Zen spray is magical, I think, because I've done a lot of Hape, but when you do the Zen, you just get this like pure blissful state after the burning goes away. And, and I think it must be that oxytocin that's added in. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, there's three flavors. You know, we've got the essential oils and there's really some magical things with like rosemary and um, linalol, you know, which is from lavender. And then the um, CBG version, you know, that full spectrum CBG extract, just, you know, all those terpenes could be really beautiful. And then just the regular, you know, um, hot day, uh, ex- Zen extra strength um, is, is just basically the raw, you know, um, mapacha, which is the tobacco plant, the Amazonian tobacco plant. Yeah, that one can be pretty powerful. I gave my wife some of the extra strength and about knocked her down. I was like, okay, maybe she should start with the essential oil version. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, she just did one spray each nostril, and she's done hape before, but I think that she wasn't expecting it to be as strong as it was, I think. Yeah. Wow. That's Yeah. Yeah. It, you wanna you wanna know the best best advice is don't inhale, right? Mm-hmm. Spray it let it kind of get into the nasal mucosa, give it about, you know, 20, 30 seconds and then blow your nose. And that's all you need. You know, it's, it's, it's very strong. And, um, yeah, as long as it's done right, it can be phenomenal. I was doing some breath work, um, watching the sun go down and, uh, just started like really getting into like a long, long, you know, breath work where you're just, really tingling right and you're just building up this all this chi energy and um and then i went in i took a breath in and i did um pump pump and and i kept the inhale and i just kind of sipped it into the third eye you know like after i sprayed it and then i did a full exhale and i held it there and it was it was literally like i was with god you know i was with god and I felt of Jesus and it just put me into such a, um, mystical, mystical place by just like super activating my pineal. Um, one, one thing, are you, have you ever heard of gas assisted breath work? No, we do a lot of breath work at the retreats that my wife and I throw like altered state breath works. I've done some somatic release, but I've never heard of that one. So, um, one of the gases that um, I'm really having some um, fun experimenting with is CO2, right? And so CO2 is what we blow out. Oxygen is what we breathe in. And um, CO2 is what we're blowing off when we're, when we're doing a lot of breath work. We're, we're exhaling CO2, and that's where we start to get the tingling because that's it's like a tetany, right? It's... Um, it's um, 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 uh, there's like a, a medical word it's escaping me but um, but yeah you get like you can even get like contractures right because it's because your CO2 levels are going down and the nerves start to kind of get a little bit funky so um, what um, what's interesting is the exact opposite which is 
actually breathing a much higher concentration of CO2 in air and doing that as kind of like a, an ex, like a um, um, an access to boy for better there's not really a better way for me to explain it but kind of like a near death experience you know mm. because if you think about it if you can't breathe then you build up CO2 and then it gets to a point where the CO2 builds up so high that you start to like have a fear response, right? I mean, imagine if you were being drowned, right? And you're like to that point where you know you're not getting any more air, right? And you're starting to run out of oxygen. I mean, it's, it's total panic, right? And so that, that CO2 is able to like totally mimic that massive panic fear response, right? And death, because you're like, you're eminently facing death. And so um, if, if you look at, we talked earlier about the blue spot, right? About the locus cerullus and the CO2 sensor, the main sensor happens to be right in that, that nucleus. And that's why the, it's command central for norepinephrine, right? So when you don't get oxygen, your norepinephrine is going to click in like, holy shit, Right. It's like that massive fear response. So what I've been doing is I've been doing breath work and then I'm taking, and I'm not even necessarily doing the breath work before. You can just sit there and meditate and then take a big inhale of, you know, say a 20 or 30% um, um, CO2 gas, which is fairly high. You, you can't almost always inhale everything because there's a, there's a bit of a sensitivity and I admittedly am still just experimenting with it. And I would also, with a caveat, suggest that um, nobody should be experimenting with this unless they have some guidance. I have some guidance from some experts in the, in, in the field and, um, and the right equipment, right? And everything's being highly thought out. And, um, but point being, you take, you take one of these breaths and it's like, you kind of go um, into what I would almost compare to like Bufo, right? So 5-MAO, which is a medicine um, that's from a frog, right? And it's like a DMT or even just a DMT experience where there's this like complete, um, it's, like a, it's like a near-death experience, right? I mean, that's, that's the best way I can describe it. So... What is it? What is it teaching me? I feel like it's teaching me to face that deepest fear and know I'm safe. Nothing's going to happen, and just lay there and just experience it and feel it. And that there may be some really powerful applications with this type of thing with regards to um, mental, emotional, and spiritual therapy. Wow. Well, once you get that. Um all ironed out and you know how to do it i'll have to drive down there maybe we can experiment with some of that i know you are short on time you have time for one more melatonin question that i wanted to get to or you got to get out of here sure yeah i had one more specific um that i really was i haven't heard anyone ask you about and when i was reading your book i know it talks about um chelating metals and all of that out of the brain but it also mentioned copper which I know, obviously, people can have copper toxicity, which is more like some bio-unavailable, like unbound copper that can cause some issues. But on the flip side, I know that copper is very important and it's very good for the immune system and, you know, ATP and different things. I don't know if you ever dove into Morley Robbins' work or anything around the copper. So do you see, like, long-term use of melatonin potentially depleting the copper too much? Have you looked into that at all? No, I, I don't feel like it's really a... A consideration with regards to um, melatonin chelating too much copper out. Um, I do. I do follow Rob Robinson. More is it Morley Robinson? Yeah. Morley yeah. Robbins. Morley Robinson's right. He's a fantastic education. Um, I mean, what he's brought forth is really groundbreaking. And so, um, the the kind of the main um, kind of take home point with his work is that. We want to take cod liver oil um, with, you know, with with our uh, with our copper 
as well as some sort of natural vitamin C, like a camu camu or an amila, which is gooseberry extract. Um, those are the ones that I, I find um, are the, the best clinically with regards to that. Um, and so it bounds it, it binds it in ceruloplasm, which carries it into the mitochondria and into the cell. And that copper is really a big deal for people um, rate limiting, you know, for, for the mitochondria. So we want to make sure that not only we get copper, but we get into the cell. Um, so, um, yeah, I think that that would be a good strategy if, if anybody's doing high dose melatonin long term is that they would be supplementing with, um, with minerals and copper. Yeah, I do a whole mineral program based on my HTMA. I've kind of gotten away from Morley's full ideology a little bit, but he kind of got me really interested in minerals and I use a different practitioner. But yeah, I do take some, um, like Morley doesn't like to take zinc, which I think can be beneficial, especially in the right ratio. So we just have a little bit of differences of opinions on that, but I didn't know if you thought that melatonin would um, ultimately, you know, lower copper too much. And then that could be an issue as well. Well, melatonin definitely chelates heavy metals out of the brain, which is one of the great benefits of it. Um, so, you know, one of the recommendations I would say is anybody starting to take a higher dose of melatonin or melatonin in general might might start taking a binder, you know, like the zeolite might be a good option that you were talking about or ultra binder from um, Quicksilver. Yeah, I found like that. that when I started the melatonin like a year ago, I tried it. I was that was when I had more of the heavy metals going on, more of the lime. I would be really wiped out, but then now I've circled back around to it recently as I was rereading your book and getting prepared for this interview, and I have that zeolite powder on deck, and I'm doing coffee enemas, and I found that now I feel a lot better taking the melatonin. Yeah. Cool. I know we're uh, short on time here. Thank you so much for doing the show. Why don't you tell everybody how to find you on social media, the website, how to uh, work with you at your clinic, anything you want to plug? Yeah, so drjohnlaurence.com, D-R-J-O-H-N-L-I-E-U-R-A-N-C-E uh, is Instagram. The clinic is advancedrejuvenation.us, and um, we have a, um, um, an educational website, which is drjohnlaurence.com, where we talk about different events, um, like we've got an event coming September 15th, Psychedelics 2.0 here in Sarasota, Florida. I'm not sure... Uh, when this is coming out, but you can find information on that event at drjolerance.com. And then um, we have mitozen.club uh, where we um, manufacture and provide, you know, some really cutting edge, amazing. Um, awesome. Once again, thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Stick around while I close out the show here. If you enjoy this show, would you please take a second to subscribe, rate, and review it for me? Also, if you'd like to know more information about Combo, personalized one-on-one coaching with me, or for upcoming retreat information, which I host with my wife, please visit my website in the show notes or DM me on Instagram. My handle over there is at Integrative Matt. Until next time, my friends.